Welcome everyone to the 54th episode of the Illusion Empire podcast. It is I, Illusion Empire. Well, in this episode, we normally break it up to three segments. Primary politics, mid-game, and weird topic finale, or WTF for short. Well, primary politics is going to be about one big item. Normally, I do three to five items in this, some segment, but it's going to be just one big item on my analysis of the 2020 um, election. An opinion for um, mid-game, that one's been breaking up to three items, mostly on the bloopers of PS5 plus one. Yes, PS5 plus one. You're going to find out what that one is once you listen to the second segment. Not going to reveal it. It'll be spoiler. Spoiler alert, to be exact. So, that will be mid-game for you. Third and final segment, weird topic finale or WTF. I'm going to have two items. We're going to dive into the stats of the Manhattan mass exodus. Where those fellow people have been, where they moved. Some could be out of state, some could be in a different region. You know, maybe a few in the bar. We'll see once we dive into that. And the second item is what I'm going to call the meltdown of Fox News. Ever since Fox News has been, quote unquote, treacherous to Trump, you know, they have betrayed the Trump train. A few months in, they've been betraying the Trump train. Now it's out. It's fully naked. It's been exposed. I mean, obviously, if if you haven't realized that, then, you know, you need help. Especially if you've been a conservative viewer. I mean, me, I'm an independent viewer. But I can see what's going on with that. Because he is giving pretty favorable coverage compared to um, the other mainstream media outlets. So we're going to get into that. So we have two items for weird topic finale. So... This is going to be the the electoral illusion. Um, More release bloopers of consoles. And the shift. Yep, the shift. And I will say stagnation of the old way. That if I had to label it like that, that's how I'm going to label those segments. So let's jump right into it. And you're going to hear our sponsor really, really soon. Anchor is a free podcasting app that is perfect for beginners. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. Anchor will distribute your podcast so that it could be heard in other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That is A-N. C-H-O-R dot F-M. I'm going to repeat. It is 
A-N-C-H-O-R.F-M to get started. What are you waiting for? I've been doing this for about a year now. And if you really have the passion to start a podcast, you should do it. It's fun and easy. All right, this is the first segment of the Illusion Empire podcast. Is I, Illusion Empire again? Well, I'm going to get deep into my analysis and opinion of the 2020 presidential election, right? And I'm breaking it down to five points. One, the first one is going to be roles reverse. Okay, roles reverse. Remember, 2016, it was the Trump train, the Trump. Camp that has gloated, cheered, celebrated in 2016, and the results came relatively quick. But you know, it wasn't official at the time. But they celebrated. They celebrated. But this year, it is the left that has cheered the anti-Trump people, and not just you know, there's some of the right that don't like Trump either. So people on the left. Cheered that this dis- that disregarded、um, mask. All of a sudden, it's not there when they cheered. You know, they got together, they honked. You know, they celebrated, even though it wasn't official. Don't do the same thing. I like how the you know the right they've done the same thing, but they try to attack the left. Do I mean the left? The right has done it. I mean, they, they don't do it as grand, true. But still, they have done it in, within their camps. Guess it's a little better at that regard. So roles reverse. The left-leaning people and the anti-Trump right are happy, and in a Trump train, the people who support Trump are pissed and furious, and they're already claiming this election's rigged, it's fraudulent, there's a lot of illegal votes. So that's it. That's for point number one, two. Odd mainstream media calls. What I mean by odd mainstream media calls, they had to retract, and they did um some, and and then they reposted. You know when it was certain, okay. So Fox and AP, I'm going to be talking about not MS, not MSNBC, not CBS, not CNN, not ABC. They were more responsible. I give them that credit. I don't enjoy them that much, but I got to give them credit for this too, because I'm fair. I try to be fair, at least I strive to be fair. So Fox and AP, Associated Press, which I thought was a better source of news than Fox for sure,、um, they called Arizona very early for Biden, and that made, of course, the Trump train very, very upset. I mean, they were pissed. They were cursing. They were, they were furious. So, whoa, it's too damn early. And I even agree it was too damn early. I said, I think it's too early to call. They convinced me, and it was convincible. I mean, I was already saying, nah, give this one to Biden, give that one to Trump. But you know, I just think they need to be a little more careful with that. You know, and for the mainstream media, they do have the right to say projected winner when it comes to the presidential race. They've been doing it ever since their existence. 
But what they don't have the right is to actually, they don't have the actual authority to say who is the president. What I mean by that is, you know, they ain't no, they, they haven't, I gotta give them that credit again. You know, the mainstream media don't have that authority to call, oh, this one is president and that's it. Oh, it's Joe Biden's president and that's it because we say so. No, they don't have that authority. Now, and they know that. They're aware of that. They wish they have. <laughs> I'll say that much. But no, they don't. They don't. All right. So, and then they had to re- then, but things with Fox didn't retract. AP didn't even um retract until later, but I think Fox soon was took that that stick their guns. They stuck their guns when it came to that. That's okay. I hope you're right, Fox, because if you're wrong, it makes you look really, really bad. But they were right. So, you know, unless actually no, they are right because Trump always dropped the Arizona lawsuit. So now that actually goes to Biden. It's official. Trump took the L at Arizona. He should be taking the L relatively soon. Um. So the third point, that's it for the mainstream media calls. The odd ones. So third is Trump's chances of causing an upset. That is none to very little. And the reason why I say that is Biden is the projected winner, not the official winner. That doesn't did the electoral results not get certified until December 12th. I'll get a little more into that until um, point five. Okay. Because they have to certify it and verify it. Just make sure, you know, make sure that the election integrity has not been compromised. Trump's chances, you know, Trump is fine in courts. You know, he likes, he likes a bat on courts. Um, he's, he's throwing multiple lawsuits. And even if he wins those, the variable is how many of those votes were actually fraudulent. How many of those votes were actually fraudulent will be the key for Trump to flip those states. I mean, very recently, North Carolina has been called for Donald Trump. And a few days back, we'll go a few days back, Alaska has been given to Donald Trump. Arizona went to Biden. Georgia to Biden. You know, Biden, you know, he, he got 290 already. He has 290. So he's a projected winner. They didn't say official winner. They didn't say he's the winner. They say projected winner. So I gotta defend mainstream media. I don't be critical of the but I gotta give him credit when it's due. Is the election stolen? Is it possible to see election? Of course there is. Of course it is. No system is perfect. But it's not what you know is what you could prove. Okay? And that's my sound advice for the Trump camp. Um, that's something that they need to understand. I, it doesn't matter how much of it's been done. But if you can't prove it, that's it. Just get out. It, it, is it wrong that Biden won that way? Yeah. But that's how the courts work. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Just blow up. What, no, what you want me to do? Just blow up and get mad? You want me to just explode and get angry? I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. I mean, that is ridiculous. 
So Trump train, just be ready for Biden presidency. That's all I can say. And the sl- you know, his chances are just getting slimmer and slimmer to the point that's going to be non-existent at this point. So Trump has a very, very steep uphill battle if he wants to win. And Trump already, and by the way, Trump is ready to start a leadership pack. And he's planning to run 2024 just in case that doesn't work out. Just some FYI. Now point number four. The worst has yet to come. What does that mean? The worst has yet to come. You know the rioting, the anarchy. Portland, Oregon's were even severely damaged. Seattle's been damaged with that as well. Seattle, Washington State, now Washington D.C. Of course, the recent um, what was it? Mega Million March. Yeah, that got violent. Not that surprised, you know. Trump trains very violent. So are the so are the left. You know they. So um, you know that, not surprised. So the worst has yet to come. So that's already going on, and I'm sure looting and rioting is not going to stop just because Biden is president. I mean the anarchists. You know they. I mean the the Tifa. They're already they're already saying f. Fuck Trump. Fuck Biden. And guess what? And Biden will do things to piss them off. Okay, I mean, you just think Trump is gone. All of a sudden, things are gonna go back to normal. That's why I criticize the left. You think things are gonna go back to normal? I mean, if your normal is having politics as usual, fine. But people are fed up. People are ready, and people got their guns set. You know. People are just, you know, they are going to snap any minute now, and they are ready to shed some blood in the battlefield. The civil war will explode. When Biden's victory, that just delays it. It doesn't remove the civil war expansion. It already started. It already started. It it's gonna explode. Let's wait for Biden to do one thing. People are getting fed up with this lockdown too. So even people who haven't committed crimes before are gonna blow up and do things that anything they could do. Snap! I mean, people are mentally shot. They fatigue. They tired. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. That's the freaking reality of it. Um. But and that's scenario A, by the way. Scenario B would be, miraculously speaking, Trump pulls an upset. He wins, right? Let's just say if he wins. You know, hypothetically speaking, he wins. Then the, the rioting, the looting—that that's gonna just that's gonna explode, and the uh, anarchy is just gonna spread real fast. They're spreading faster because people are fed up, and you know, and the mainstream media can put the narrative: Trump stole the election, you know, or Trump pull an upset. You know, if they're responsible that he won, and they had to retract their calls that they made in those battleground states, especially ones he sued on. 
And unlike the year 2000 with Al Gore versus George W. Bush, okay, it was only one state that had that problem. That was Florida. Al Gore trailed. He demanded recount on the court. They did it. Even, you know, even he did a guy's way by the time he did the recount. His chances increased, but then, and then by the time of the finalization, he was short of 500 votes. George W. Bush won that state by 500 votes. It was Florida. Only Florida had that problem. And it took, I think, 40 days after the election to resolve that. I mean, can you see? But this is going to be actually disastrous. And if his, and if my analysis serves me correctly, Biden will win. You know, Biden will win. And I'm gonna have to tell my Republican friends. I'm friends with Democrats or Republicans, I'm fair. I have to tell them, and look, if they don't want to talk to me, they want to block me, they wanna act like you know the SJW is the right, so be it. I am an analyzer. I am not a therapist. I will not comfort your political wounds. No, if you just ask me to be your friend, I could be your friend. When it comes to me being an analyzer, a debater, commentary, I am not going to cut you. But when I'm being a friend to you, that's different. But sometimes I have to tell you like it is. It's hard. It's hard for me, but I have to. That's why I'm. In, I'm either respected, loved, and hated. By the way, because of that um trait, people either love it or hate it. Makes you polarizing in that sense. But the worst has yet to come, and you know, worst could be. And another thing about the worst is that you're gonna go. We already going back to lockdown status again um we are getting there we are definitely heading there we are heading we're about to go back to freaking maybe may or june levels and i'm using new york standards by the way so this, this doesn't apply to every state okay i get that you use your own judgment analysis for that all right um the this virus okay this virus has just been exploded it's been it has resurged hospitalization has surged up again death has increased again the death tolls already over 242,000 it's quite sad Really, it's this is not a laughing matter. It really is. I know friends that have lost their parents, their uncles. Me, I have not lost a family member. And I gotta say, yet yeah, I'm blessed at that so far. But that's not everyone. And I do give you my sincere condolences for the loved ones who have fought so hard to fight against this virus but at the end they perish may God rest their souls 
right? And I get it's a religious mall, but that's not the time. I I'll do that another time with me and the Lord, not for this podcast. But I do give you my sincere condolences, and especially couldn't see them. Oh, the pain! Pain! I cannot imagine. So that's the worst has yet to come. Okay. Now let's get to five. The facts of the electoral process. Okay. And some people need to need education on this because people are so stupid when it comes to this. I mean, it pisses. I mean, I just see it right here. And I'm not gonna read this whole thing. And I'm gonna attach this. This is a PDF, three-page document. Um, third page and it has no really no content in there. You know, um, there's been some laws to um to you know fix patch this um system. This is the I'm gonna read just portion of this. I'm not gonna read this whole thing to you. So between May and August this year. In each state, political parties and independent candidates that qualify for the ballot access nominate a ticket of the candidate of the elector of the president and vice president. Number of elector candidates nominated by each party or group is equal to the number of the state's electoral votes. Most candidates are nominated by state party committees or at a state party convention. Electors may not be. U.S. senators, U.S. representatives, or anyone holding an office of trust or profit under the United States. In practice, nominees tend to be a mixture of the states and local elected officials, party activists, celebrities, and ordinary citizens. Okay, so they are picked for each state. And it's a mixture of these people, as I've listed here, to be part of the electoral, um, you know, college. Actually, electoral college is a separate set of people that they picked. And then this is about the faithless electors. These are the ones that go against the will of the people. All right, and I mean they could do that in some states, but 33 states and District of Columbia has laws. All party regulation requires electors to vote in people's choice in their state, and some states has penalties on that of faithless electors. I mean, has happened. It has happened. I'm not going to read about that. You already know about that. So, November 4 to December 14, they are counting the votes, filling the certificates of ascertainment. What does that mean? They are finalizing the results, making sure that you know that the integrity of this election is intact for the most part. All right, and you know Maine and Nebraska does it differently. They go by proportional, about how many they go by how many this candidate wins, and about how many points this candidate wins by. And then they split the electorate. Nebraska and Maine. Maine, 
leans a little more Democratic. Nebraska leans very Republican. But it's split proportionally. So the rest of the states is winner-take-all system. Okay. And this is what happens on December 14th. Actually, I have to correct myself. I think it's on December 12th. So 14th is an electoral college. I think it's going to meet separately in their states to um, cast their ballot. They finalize this. This is the date for each state in District of Columbia. And they got two lists, one containing votes for the president and the other electoral votes for the vice president. These are known as certificates of the vote. Then they pair six certificates of ascertainment provided by the state governors with the certificates of the vote, signed, sealed, and certified. And distributed mail as it follows. One for the President of the United States. Once, yep, of the, not, no, sorry. Ugh, my goodness. One is, the very first one is one certificate to the President of the U.S. Senate, which is the Vice President. Now, two, two certificates to the Secretary of State or the equivalent officer of the state which the electors meet. Three is two certificates of the archivist. And four, one certificate to the judge, the U.S. District Court of the district in which the electors meet. And all of them has to be delivered by December 23rd. Of course, when they uh, fail to do so, they will get what? Fake drum rolls, please. If if they have not been if they have not been sent, uh oh, code sends direct message to them. I mean, they said failure. They, they don't explain that part well. I don't understand that part. But they they do their job. Um, you know. This is the this is you know some of the process that they go through. This is a government um source. This is nonpartisan. So Republicans are right when they say that. But however, the odds are against them. So no, they are against. I mean, there is against them. And then they have to do this process. This is the this is for the electoral college. It's only for the president. Of course, the Senate, the House representatives, and state local officials have a simpler process of picking their, you know, their um, candidate that actually won. And so that's your electoral um, process. I'm sure I'll put the document right there. I know I messed up a little bit there. I apologize for that. Um, so that's your that's your um source for that. Now I want to make sure it wasn't New York Post or CNN telling me what they skewed and biased. I'm not used New York Post 
good amount of times because they're free. I mean, the wrestlers trying to charge you money, and I'm a bit, I'm a bit um, of a cheapskate, you know. I'm not afraid to admit that. On some, on some situations, I'm a cheapskate. All right, so this is your. So these are the facts of it. But you know, even though this is the process, but again, I'm referring to Trump's chances of actually winning, which is the third point. It's extremely slim at best. Worst case scenario for him is just downright impossible. He wastes his time. He wastes time. That's it. And you know, yeah, take the L on this one, Trump train. You know, he can run at 2024. It's not the end of the world for him. I know he hates dealing with a loss, but that's going to be his problem. If you handle that coronavirus um, better, you know, I, I'm sure without the coronavirus, Trump would have won re-election. I know the left don't like hearing that. That's their problem on that one. But Trump would have won re-election if it wasn't for COVID. COVID has meddled his election. That's all. Has meddled and has successfully averted um, his second term, at least temporarily speaking. Alrighty then, so this is it for this lengthy part of it. It's normally the longest part of the podcast. So, we will reach the second segment really soon. Welcome to the second segment of the podcast, which is normally more lighthearted and a little more entertaining than the first one. And it's definitely shorter for the most part. So I the last episode I kind of bashed uh and exposed not exposed, I didn't really expose anything. I just share with you about the hiccups the Xbox Series X has been experiencing with their release week. Um, PS5, they had theirs. I already reported about the price gouging, which is, has affected PlayStation 5 people on the Xbox. And this is the one that has affected definitely the, the PS5 people more than the Xbox X consumer system. Glitches on the Walmart and Best Buy websites. Yeah, they've been going right through it since so much traffic. I bet it probably crashed. They froze up. And... This is just, you know, this is what happens, you know, when someone, when the website can't handle, tra- you know, traffic, especially you know, as highly demanding as theirs are. So, and then, you know, there's a bunch of people complaining about it with their little tweets, and the original source came from CNN, the money business part of it. So, you know, it's just people complaining about it, you know. But internet that still can't meet with crazy demands. I mean, you know, they caught a bug. Actually, no, this is more of a case of computer just couldn't handle the traffic that it was getting, and um, and PS Five kind of overhyped about their loading speed, especially their download speed, and they saying that um. Their download speed, it's the same, very similar to PlayStation 
before and they're saying that they you know supposed to be faster better stronger i mean they did portray it that way um you know and that and they, they did focus on the ssd that's supposed to be um an upgrade that's supposed to make the console load faster and go through you know this this big revolution i mean I'm sure the loading is not that much. You're probably it's only download speed. You download games and DLC. Um, those are the ones that uh, well, that could be a bit of a problem. That could be quite uh, problematic. So and it was just about the same as a bit of a downer. You know, that's a downer. Because you know they did portray about being the revolution, you know, you know, play without limits, and obviously you have to be able to break the limit of the of the download speed of the PlayStation Four. So that's a bit overhyped. I'm happy that they brought that to to their attention. And but Xbox Series X actually outshined in terms of entire download speeds. Um, you know, so that's so uh, you know that's a bit of a bummer. You know, I'm definitely you know I'm definitely in the PlayStation Five camp. Don't get me wrong, but I gotta you know I gotta I gotta report it. You know I'm not you know I'm not not a sunshine or rainbow kind of person. If I'm gonna see faults and stormy clouds and all that, I'm gonna mention them. It's part of reality, you know. It's Part of it. So this is, and this is when the plus one comes in, the third item. So first, so and this one is regarding Xbox Series X, and this is actually the worst thing that can happen to any Xbox Series X consumer. They say that they have a bug that can actually kill the console. And they already released the Xbox Series X, which is a big and more expensive one, and the Xbox um, Series S, which is supposed to be the smaller, the cheaper one, right? It's been, of course, their biggest launch in history. Um, they have, you know, they went through, they actually went through a problem that some bugs actually have destroyed their, shuts down their system. Um, and it's that's that's very problematic. You know, you spend a lot of money on this new console, and you have this bug that could just really hurt the system just like that. I mean, you spend almost a half of a thousand dollars, which is five hundred, six hundred dollars, depending on which one. Um, and it could actually ruin the entire console. That's horrendous. You know, supposed to be a superior machine in PlayStation Five. I didn't really see the commercial apps that much, but there's something in this. Uh, the fact that Austin Evans played gaming PC in a basketball, the bar has been raised. Damn it. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, I hate these little commercial things. They just pop right out of the The Xbox Series. Shut up. There, dummy. All right. Sorry about that. I'm not not yelling yelling at my my computer. And this website has not behaved. See, the website got a bug. Speaking about bugs. But let me get back to what I was saying. So this must be very disappointing. Imagine just getting you this bug that can actually just kill the console doesn't work anymore and this is connected to yesterday previous episode talking about they have a disc drive problems that wasn't accepting games how many people feel ripped off i would feel ripped off i would have complained and um don't you know go on a rant and a tirade on microsoft what the hell are you doing here give me such a defective piece of shit i mean i would have been upset I would be very upset. I'm not going to act all calm about it. Spend money. If it was a free console, fine. That's all. Well, you know, I'll complain a bit. That's all. But you know what? It was free. Oh, this one. I spend my freaking money and this is and this is what I get. I just, you know, I, I just might as well burn my money. It's the same damn thing. You know. But enough of that rant. Just enough of that little rant. I do apologize for that little boo-boo right there. You know, my laptops and the website is not acting up so well. They call it a bug. Speaking about bugs. Um so what so what happened? Shoppers for PlayStation 5 went through a website crash because they couldn't obviously handle traffic. And then the PlayStation, the overhype of their download speeds, it's the same as PlayStation 4. Shame on them for that one. And then Xbox Series X has a much greater blooper, which has a bug that kills the entire console. Just like that. Instant kill. Waste of money. Complete waste of money right there. I mean, I would have been upset. I would do that. I would have. I better get my money back. Or, <laughs> goodness. They better have refunds. Or they better give you another console. You know, Microsoft, you need to fix that because that's a very serious issue right there. All right? So let's be clear. This, and you know, I went through that multiple times with Microsoft. That's why I'm not with Microsoft train. Now you want to know why I'm biased and giving PlayStation benefit of the doubt, even though trying to bamboozle us with their um, super download speed. Because, you know, because Microsoft, they have defective crap like that. I remember, me personally, I remember going through that with the original Xbox and Xbox 360. The Red Ring of Death. I know I'm revealing my age a bit here. The Red Ring of Death. Remember that? If you played Xbox 360, do you remember that? When all of a sudden, oh, that Red Ring came out. Maybe because it was too hot or something. And the whole thing got defective. Me? I mean, you know, I put warranty. I was definitely younger and dumber back then. So warranty or insurance and that so 
you know, I was very upset about that. And you know, what I did is I just got me the the cheap version. I kept the I kept the American Coffee Ritual one and just scalped the parts I need and just put it. Yeah, but after that, I was just so disgusted with Microsoft. The original Xbox games used to mess up with me a lot. The only game that worked well for some odd reason was Halo. Only Halo worked well. The original Xbox. Every other thing was no. Can't play it this time. Can't play it this time. Oh, you gotta get the ones from the factory, not the ones from the game store. What the other ones the game store do? I mean, this is about just learning about all the technicalities, how to be a smart, how to be a more smart consumer when it comes to buying video game consoles. I know you gotta go through all this shit. This was harsh realities hitting me when I was a a teenager at that time. So you know, this is why I love. This is why I'm just don't Microsoft. I, I, no, no, I don't care about Xbox Series X. With a lot of the bad experiences I went through with them, they could go to a massive shutdown, and I don't even count with care to go out of business. Just stick to computers. That's what you're good at, in my opinion. Forget your game division. That's just my opinion. My opinion. My opinion. PlayStation. I never really. I've owned the PlayStation. That's why I'm giving PlayStation benefit of the doubt. I've owned Nintendo. But, you know, I already know Nintendo. They are corporate fascists. That's why I don't talk about them as much. I'm not going to mention here and there. And I won't be surprised if they catch on to Anchor. If Anchor gets popular, they're going to just try to find a flag, take money, and do all that crap. So, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to be as proactive as I can be with that crap. So, I'm sticking to PlayStation 5. And I'm giving PlayStation 5 the benefit of the doubt. If you want to know about my bias, that's my bias right there. Alrighty then. So that is it for this segment. And we'll reach the third and final segment really, really soon. Thank you for reaching the third and final segment of the Illusion Empire podcast. This is, you know, weird topic finale. You've been listening to a while, WTF for short. And this time we have two items here. This could have easily related to politics, but I just know I was going to go on a long analysis, so I decided to move it to weird topic finale. I did say much earlier that sometimes weird topic finale can have a weird relation to the first or second segment. So, you know, most of the time, it's just his own segment. It's me taking a break from video games and politics. So, what we got here, from New York Post. Yeah. Say so anyone's not giving me, oh, you're going to get a third number free um, article. Ha, ha, ha. Y'all pay off if you go overboard. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm sticking to New York Post. They give me decent quality anyways. Um... All right, so we got some data, some interesting data, especially for those um, people that's been, especially for moving companies, right? You know, they've been releasing this data um, about about you know about the New Yorkers that created the mass massive Manhattan exodus. They know, and they got this information from the Freedom of Information Act. Lovely. Say how much your privacy has been um, deteriorated, people. Okay, 
So we got data a certain amount of people, right? And there were lots of lots of address changes, and they moved not just because of Corona. I mean, Corona will not be the only reason why people move from the city. You know, many people move because of economic worries, school chaos, and rising crime. All that combined will compel many people to move out of a city. You know, I mean, people's been bashed for it. You know, so you know, people could just say whatever. I would have moved out too. I would. Um, and and this is something that um, that many people have said. Oh, you know, you try to cater to rich. It's just true. It's true. They have. They have um, catered to uh, to the rich, and they try to remove, you know, the peasants, the working people of New York that made the city great to begin with. But you know, they want to cater to the rich, and that's the direction they went. And so far, as biting them in the ass. I mean, COVID has exposed that very well. And you know, I don't blame people for moving. I mean, me, I'm just toughening out to see how this city can handle this um, tricky virus. I'm just seeing how they um they handling it. And we're gonna get down to the data, to nitty gritty data. I know that's what you be up for. You know, crime has you know jumped significantly from last year. I mean, it's still not, you know, bad old days level yet, but it could get there if this keeps up. Um, it could get there. I mean, New Yorkers has been moving to different regions of the state. You know, I mean, by regions is um, Westchester, the Hudson region, Long Island. Nassau, Sussex counties, um, and then break it down even further. They have over twenty-one thousand change requests for Sulphur County, eighteen thousand at Nassau, and over fifteen thousand at Westchester County, and only over nine thousand has moved to Hudson County, New Jersey. And you know the Hamptons has gotten um, ooh the Hamptons has got over thousands of people too. Yep, I'm gonna link this up so you can get the extra details of this article, right? You know, but the data is limited because it's a show if it's temporary or permanent. Now, only some, the only certain amount of New Yorkers went very far. I mean, over 8,500 actually moved to Los Angeles, California. Interesting. That's what the the bigger chaos is at. And only over 400 to Honolulu, Hawaii. Then over over 13,009 requests has been to Sunshine State Counties of Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami-Dade. 
So I don't see a lot of Texas here. And you know, then the homeless shelters too is another reason you know, that affects the quality of life. Now they've been packing out, ready to move. And then we're gonna get down where they fled. Okay, so we have over 3,000 fled. We have over 6,000 fled from the Upper West Side. No, actually, oof, it's actually large. I mean, we see the top. I'm going to read you only the top three and the bottom three of the top 20 zip codes that have actually moved out of New York City. So the first three is upper website zip code 123, 125, and Murray Hill, 116. Then we got the bottom three of the top 20. We try 899 Midtown with 837. Yeah, I don't see a big difference there. And the East Village of 728. I mean, for the top, for the top on um, three, their exact numbers is for the zip code 123 would be 3,368. And then for the zip code 125, 3,000. Yep, exactly 3,000. It's not estimation. And for Murray Hill, with the zip code 116, is 2,889 address request changes. And this is just address request changes. This is not people, because you know multiple people could live in an apartment. It's be a family of two, three, four, maybe five. So. Oh, and this is where they landed. Oh, we got where we landed. So I'm just going to read the top three of the top 20 and also the bottom three of the top 20. Oh, and Connecticut has actually grabbed some residents as well. And if you see this list, you're going to see some um, Connecticut has actually taken some residents. So for the bottom three of the top 20, of where they have landed is Darien, Connecticut, zip code 06820 with 326 address changes to that location. Now, Mount Vernon, New York, with 325. And the zip code that one is 10550. And then Long Beach, New York with 323 and his zip code is 11561. Now for the top three of the top 20, we have East Hampton, New York with 2,769. Number two is Jersey City, New Jersey. Oh, I forgot the zip code for East Hampton. Jumping myself here. We have 11937, that's the zip code of East Hampton. From Jersey City, New Jersey, they only have address changes to that location 1,821 times. And zip code that one will be 07302. And third place is Southampton. 
New York, zip code 11968. And the address has changed that location has occurred 1,398 times. I mean, if you see the top 20, it's just the tri-state, really. A lot of people just moved within the tri-state area. That's what the data shows. And, and, and they're not moving super far. Only a few of them has moved to Hawaii and even California. A lot of moving to different parts of New York State. Name mostly West... Westchester, the Hudson region, most Westchester County area, and Long Island. So that's your data right there. And if you want to read more about it, correct me. I'll just post the article. I don't mind being correct if I'm wrong. I'm humble enough. I am not Donald J. Trump, the arrogant orange man. Got nothing against him, but he is a bit arrogant. He does got his strengths. He is very entertaining. All right. Speaking about Donald Trump. He's been fed up with Fox News. And, of course, the Trump train has chanted Fox News sucks. Fox is fake news. Okay. And I mean, and the one that's been benefiting from all this is Newsmax. And Newsmax was already growing quickly, but thanks to this, it just continues to grow. I mean, this is just feeding on to the. This is feeding on to the Fox's decline. You know, when you may reach. Almost 90 million Twitter followers. Shit. I mean, Newsmax has taken a lot. I'll just say about one third of the former conservative viewership from Fox. And and he's even thinking about creating his own. um, He's about creating his own um, news network. And. They, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, the, their viewers drop. I'm sure they're gonna stay there for a while because you know Fox is still the number one network for conservative viewers, even though they have turned anti-Trump um, since this year. Um, you know, and you know, and Fox people has been more unfriendly to the Trump. I mean, I gotta criticize Foxy now. You, you were supporting Trump for most of his presidency, but you know, and the Murdochs, they're not really Trump friendly, but but you know what? You're just making Newsmax grow with that. Um, you know, and I mean, Newsmax has been friendlier to him. I've seen some of their programming. You know. And there's another one that's gained a viewership, too, is One American News Network. That's another one. 
And I think when Trump opens his、uh, news network, which he has the money to do so, um, he would he would um、uh, he would gain a lot of viewership. I mean, a lot of the right wing people like listen to Trump, or even some of the former left people of the form you know used to be support of the left will go to Trump. And so now it's become more competitive. To become the conservative mainstream news, it's going to get more competitive. You know, and now, I mean, I think the only ones that still friendly with Trump will be their their opinion people: Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson. Lou Dobbs, not Neil Cavuto though. I don't think not Bill Hemmer. Definitely not Chris Rawls. I mean, he's he was always against him in the beginning. And I'm、um, Shepard Smith. I think Shepard Smith. He's with、um, MSNBC. I'm not surprised that was going to happen. That was just saying that was inevitable. I mean, that was inevitable. Yeah, I'm not going to read this on、um, argument, especially the election coverage. But I mentioned about Fox calling them Arizona real quick at them and AP. So they collapse, and they're gonna face the meltdown that MSNBC, CNN, CBS, ABC has went through. But CBS and ABC has went, you know, the mild version of it. But MSNBC and, and、um, CNN has went through a massive decline, and I won't be surprised their ratings will be popping up. You know, even I'm not seeing that right now. I'm surprised they they will gain a little bit more viewership. Because at least they were, for the most part, consistently anti-Trump, even though it was biased and wrong. To be honest, but all right, if I'm gonna give them a little bit of points of consistency, I'll give them to them. I like them, but I give it to them. They've been anti-Trump since the beginning, but Fox News is now just joining that train, that anti-Trump train. I mean, they already stole over a million viewers.、So. Newsmax and One American News has been growing, and now as Trump opens his、um, network, um, that's going to make the conservative、um, news cycle more competitive for sure. And let's see what happens from there. I'm actually curious to see how this is going to unfold because this is going to be it's going to cause a major shift in terms of conservative right wing on、um, viewership, right wing on、um, news. All right. That's to be continued with that one. So thank you for listening to my podcast. If you, you know, even if you listen to it only partially or fully, doesn't matter. I thank you for listening. So you have a good day or night, and God bless.